What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am pleased to be joined by someone who is extremely excited, who's in on Cowboys culture, an unabashed, pure fan right now. <laughs> this Monday night, it's at Marcus underscore Mosher. How are you, sir? already know the answer. Wait. When has it not been okay for people that cover the the game to be fans of certain teams or players? Like we're all biased. Just admit that you're, you're biased. It's it's easy to uh, easier to digest the uh, the information that way. I'm having a celebratory apple teeny right now. Are you kidding? Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm doing really well. We 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 got through week three. Week four, week five is when the football starts to get a little better. So I'm excited to uh, to talk about these teams. Yeah, <laughs> in large part because of what happened tonight. Oh, um, yeah, I'm all in. I'm all in on football season. Uh, pretty wild little Monday night game. It was one of my friends who's an Eagles fan said, man, this game is so boring. But he loved the uni matchup. I got to say the uni mat, the Giants jerseys looked amazing. This reminded me of an old school NFC East game. I even liked the Cowboys wearing the road blues. Uh, I thought this game was played maybe not at a high level but with a lot of effort from both teams, which made it more enjoyable. Uh, so we also have power rankings to get to. But before we get to that, let's get some of your thoughts from the game, and I'll hit you up with mine. Yeah, I think the intensity level from both teams was there. Um, and I know the Giants didn't end up winning this game, but you see how these guys play for Brian Dable compared to Joe Judge the last couple of years. Like they were playing to the last snap, and even after that, late in the game, they are fighting on the field. But like this was... These teams aren't overly talented, but they're playing hard, and it made for a pretty exciting second half on Monday Night Football. Dare I say that this is really the Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson light? Oh yeah, <laughs> Joe oh. Judge to Brian Dable. It's been uh, it's going to be worth a few victories. Uh, you'll see this reflected in my power rankings. Uh, Marcus doesn't know them yet because I haven't shared it with him, so he'll hear it when you guys do. Um, yeah, I thought the 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 competitive level here in terms of guys wanting to win was pretty was pretty big. I thought Daniel Jones really put it all out on the field. Maybe he didn't play great, but he had some really nice moments in this game. I'm, I want to get to that in a second. Let's start with the team that won. What were the couple of things that stuck out to you about the Cowboys tonight? Uh, I'll, I'll just do one. Um C.D. Lamb, right? I mean, very easily could have been the the goat in the bad way of this game, right? Like he has a monster catch on a second down that he he drops that would have probably set up a touchdown if he didn't score on it. Uh, had another kind of drop late in the second quarter. But when you are a great receiver or you're trying to be a great receiver, you need to take over games and take over drives. And C.D. Lamb had a drive in this game. The Cowboys started the ball. Uh, on the Giants' ten yard ten yard line, down by seven, uh, or excuse me, on their own their, on their own ten yard line, down by seven, and he had four monster catches to, to put the Cowboys in the end zone to tie the game up. The touchdown grab that he had was special. That's why you live with some drops and some concentration stuff. It's because you know that he's that talented. I was about to come at you hard on CD Lamb tonight. I'm not gonna lie because he deserved you know, it. His first half was awful. Not only that, but he's just so far. He's just kind of been a guy. He's he's been a he's been a good receiver, but I could probably think of about so give or take sixteen receivers in the NFC alone. I would take over him in the NFC alone. Um, that's how many good receivers there are in the NFC, and you'd be surprised when you start going through. But, but this was also the best game I've ever seen Ceedee Lamb play, mm-hmm. <laughs> even with the drop. The catch, I know the touchdown catch is the one you're going to see on the highlight shows. But the one that he made to extend the drive, the I, don't know how he, I don't know how he held on to that ball. Mm-hmm. What a gutsy play call. I'm with you on that. Even Donovan Wilson, who I was all over on text messaging with you, and, and I was glad to see you tweet out exactly what I had texted because I even he kind of redeemed himself late. Um some really bad tackling in the Cowboys back seven tonight. No, on Daniel Jones runs uh, on Saquon Barkley, the Saquon Barkley run. First of all, it's so great to see Saquon Barkley playing at this level again. 
Especially but, seen him in what several years, three, four years. But oh my gosh, Wilson and Hooker on that play. Their whole job is to not lose contain that. That was awful. That was, that was like three Stooges stuff. Yeah. Um I, I mean Wilson overran it and then Hooker darn near took him out. <laughs> I mean it was mm-hmm. just ridiculous. Um I think we need to say well, a couple small points before I get to my big one. I listened to the game on the radio for the first half. Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner are a really good listen on the radio. Really Harlan is listen. awesome on the radio. Harlan's awesome. And and I got to tell you, now Kurt Warner is a former colleague in NFL Network. And and I know some people love Kurt and some people are like, you know, not my cup of tea as much. But Kurt is very, very good at color. And he explains the things clearly. You only have so much time. And Kevin Harlan, if you haven't listened to Kevin Harlan, he's one of the best, honestly, to ever do it, in my opinion. Um, so I was listening to the, the, uh, game there. And one of the things that Kurt Warner pointed out that I thought was really astute was it shows you how high the Cowboys are on their young left tackle that they gave Jason Peters some reps at left guard tonight, just Mm -hmm. to get him in the lineup. This bodes so well for the Cowboys going forward, especially if the big guy can come back at left tackle. Yeah. And Peters played one drive in the very first play that he had. Uh, they, they run like a double or a duo block to the left and Peters gets out and hits the linebacker and it's like a 50 yard run for Tony Pollard. And it's, it's really nice to see. I don't know when Peters is going to become the full-time left guard. My guess is not for a couple more weeks. They're going to kind of rotate him in, but the Cowboys offensive line tonight, it was certainly not the problem. Like the, no. they were fine on the offensive line. couple penalties, but other than couple that. penalties, but the best thing is they were able to run the ball. Like they were really able to run the ball in this game. And that bodes well for their chances now with Cooper Rush and when Dak Prescott gets back from his injury. So I got to come at you a little bit sure. because you defend Dak Prescott a lot. You defend CD Lamb a lot mm-hmm. and you hammer Ezekiel Elliott a lot. Zeke played I thought awesome Zeke today. played really well yes. tonight. Yes. He, he ran hard in I know Cowboys fans in particular and some fan, people that play fantasy, they're going to be like, why isn't Pollard in there all the time? Because Pollard is not going to be able to take the kind – what makes Pollard so explosive on these runs is that he's getting these this rest and he's not getting hammered all the time. And then in pass pro, Zeke does his job. He had a really nice run. It was about 30 yards early in the game. He had a couple on, physical on a third runs. And 19. On a third and 19, yes. he had an awesome run. I will just say this. This was the first game that I feel like in a long time where the Cowboys got these running back touches right, though. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 15 carries for 73 yards. Tony Pollard, 13 for 105. Like, that's the split that I think is going to work. Not this 22 for Zeke and 7 for Pollard. Like, right. that's, not, that's what I think that's the part that Cowboy fans have been upset about. I told you a couple of weeks ago, I think the Cowboys should go a little more pro set or maybe 22 personnel, have two running backs in there and give the defense something to think about. And I really liked Kellen Moore's play calling tonight, except the throw that they should have gotten the hold on Noah Brown and they didn't get it. I I think they probably would have got a big play out of it. Just And it would have made Kellen Moore look smart. But, you know, honestly, run Zeke there. You know he's going to protect the ball. You know he's going to – Bang it up in there. He may not get the first, but he's going to try like heck to get it. If you don't get it, you run the clock down. I would run it again. And that's and that's the one thing is you can run the clock. If you get five inches, you get five inches. But it sets up a choice. Now you can either kick a field goal or you can quarterback sneak it. You can run it again. I agree with you. That's, that's, I thought Kellen Moore called a really good game. That's one that I bet he would like back. A couple little small takes from me, Marcus. Just quick hitters here. Uh, I thought Demarcus Lawrence really showed up tonight. He got banged up, but he made some plays. I thought the Giants really missed Leonard Williams tonight. Mm-hmm. Really, mm-hmm. really missed him. Um, I think overall the Cowboys, the penalties are still a problem. They're going to be a problem because of the head coach. It's what you get with Mike McCarthy's attitude about the penalties, blaming the refs and so on and so forth. Um, although this game wasn't a particularly cleanly called game, those are a couple of my small thoughts. Yeah, I just before before we go and start doing the power rankings, I think this is the best game I've ever seen DeMarcus Lawrence play. 
He missed a big chunk of this game with a foot injury. He still had nine pressures and three sacks and five quarterback hits. I mean, he was unbelievable in this one. I love them lining up him next to Micah. I, I thought that was really cool. Two big thoughts I have from this game. We'll start with the Giants. Daniel Jones is making it really hard to evaluate because he's not bad, but he's not really making plays from the pocket either. He made some great runs, which makes you think, should we call the offense a little different? The design runs even worked. He also made maybe the third best throw I've seen this year, Justin Herbert having the first two. That throw late in the game was absolutely insane. The out route on the last drive of the mm-hmm. game. I know it didn't turn into anything, but holy crap. It How do you evaluate like Daniel, him? It feels like Daniel Jones is destined to be like the 28th to 35th best quarterback in the league and probably bounce in and out of starting jobs for the rest of his career. But I kind of hope he finds the right situation. And would it shock you, Elliot, if two years from now, He's in the Jacoby Brissett situation where he's on the right team with a good defense and a good offensive line, and he doesn't have to do a lot, and they can use his legs. It's just he's not what the Giants need right now. Maybe not, but he competed really hard. He's yeah. really good at running the ball. He is so he's, tough. Like That's honestly tough. the best quality. He is I so sneaking tough. And, you know, that's the kind of guy that players will play for. Absolutely. You have to factor that in, too, in this whole equation. So that's my big thought on the Giants. Last thought here for me from Monday Night Football, big thought on the Cowboys. Okay, I know you said he's limited. Okay, can we we just say that Cooper Rush has been outstanding? He was outstanding tonight. You can't ask a backup quarterback to do any more than what he did in this game. I mean, first of all, we know we already mentioned the drop to CD. Well, let's just put that one aside. The la- the second play wasn't considered a drop on the deep ball, but that ball was short-armed and the receiver was kind of stumbling. He could have laid out. Mm-hmm. That was actually a great throw. I'm trying to remember uh, who it was. It was Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, yes, yeah, Tolbert. The, the yes. rookie receiver, yep. That was a great throw. That was a great throw. At one point, I was so glad the broadcast pointed out, I think Joe Buck pointed out that, by the way, Monday Night Football sounds so much different with Buck and Aikman. So much better. Yeah, but they pointed out 12 of 13 on those final drives in the game. What what more can you ask for from this guy? The only thing I wanted more from him was a little more Tom Brady whining when Noah Brown got literally mugged. Yeah, by two guys. He just kind of threw his hands like, come on, you need to like go up and whine. Maybe you'll get that call, Cooper. Yeah. All right, let's do power rankings. That's enough for the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, I know. You don't want to give Cooper too much credit because. No, he was awesome in this game. If I didn't mention it before, and I know that I did, but I'm going to say it again. The uni matchup, spectacular tonight. Miss it so much. Quit screwing with your uniforms and just do the stuff that worked for you in the eighties and nineties. And you'll be fine. And almost every fan agrees with me. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> Actually great team to start the power rankings with st- talking about screwing up your uniform. The 32 or 32nd Seattle Seahawks. Any problem with this? I already know the answer. Nope. Worst offense in the NFL right now. Yeah. Lost to a somewhat weak team. Although I've got to give that team some respect. They're going to be coming up here in the rankings. Uh, number 31. I did drop the jets back down. They really weren't in this game against the Bengals. They were at home. Um, I thought the Texans played tougher than they did. Any problem with this? Nope. It feels like it's time to go back to Zach Wilson. The, you know, Joe Flacco put a couple of good games, turned into a pumpkin. Now it's time to see Wilson. <laughs> Uh, Houston Texans at 30, uh, another, I, I know, I know you're not a Lovey Smith guy, but you've got to admit they are playing hard for him. Mm-hmm. They just don't have a lot of great personnel. I don't think they're the worst roster in the league. I don't think they are, but they're close to it. And dude, they have been in these games. I think they have the worst roster in the NFL, but they play hard. And that's why they've been in every single one of these games. Um, I mean, you, you think about it. They tied the Colts. They played the Broncos extremely tough. Mm-hmm. They were right there at the end. That was a road game. Um, and then I'm trying to remember, was the Colts game in India or was that in Houston? That was uh, in Houston, right? 
I think it was in Houston because they played on the road in in it was uh, at home. Yes, it was at home. Yeah, and then they just played the Bears uh, at Chicago. They lost on what a last second field goal yep. in that game. Um, okay, number twenty nine. I've got the Panthers. I know the Panthers won. I know they beat the Saints. They were at home, and they've got to prove it to me. If the Panthers can play hard again against a good team, I will move them up from here. But right now, I'm I'm holding fast at twenty nine. I'm contractually obligated not to say anything about the Panthers after my thoughts on Matt Rule, so we can move on. <laughs> Number 28, I have the Bears. I realize they're 2-1, Marcus. I'm well aware, but we there was the monsoon game against the 49ers. There was the ugly performance against the Packers when they couldn't do anything offensively, really, until the fourth quarter and the game was out of reach. And then they barely beat Houston uh, at, at home. I, I don't think this is being disrespectful to a 2-1 team. I don't. Darnell Mooney leads the Bears in targets with 11 through three games. <laughs> and there's, there's, that's, that's your way of agreeing. Uh, let's go to number 27. I've got Atlanta here. Now, you and I talked about Atlanta being a bottom three roster. We really didn't mm-hmm. like their front seven coming into the season. We didn't like their receiver core coming into the season. Marcus Mariota has been underwhelming, uh, at least career wise, coming in this year. Hey, man, they have played really, really tough against the Rams. They played really tough against the Saints. They won this week on the uh, road. I got them at 27. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my Cordero Patterson, not a fluke. 17 carries for 141 yards and touchdown. Second game this year with 120 or more rushing yards. The guy is a legitimately good NFL running back. It's, it's cool to see him do that at age 31. Uh, and they played two of their games on the road, right? They played it at the Rams uh, the at week Seattle. before this. Yeah, at Seattle. They played the Saints at home. They lost a game. They had controlled most of the game. Mm-hmm. I might even be a little low on the Falcons. You might be. To be honest. At 26, kind of a difficult team to rank. This may be too hard on them, but they were awful this week. I've got the Washington Commanders. Nine sacks for Carson Wentz. I, I thought the offensive line was going to be a strength for Washington this year. Hasn't been the case at all. Uh, talked to my my Eagles fan Sudsy, um, and you know I asked him about that game because I had I had three screens going this in the early window. My main games I watched were the Lions Vikings. I was watching uh, Titans Raiders, and I was watching Eagles Washington. You can only watch so many games at once live, and you know his point was, hey, th- yeah, their offensive line's not playing well, but Carson Wentz keeps holding the ball, and there's nothing about him that looks relaxed, Marcus. Nope. Nothing. And some people are not body language guys, but you watch Cooper Rush tonight and how relaxed he looks in difficult situations. And then watch Carson Wentz. Everything looks frantic. Everything looks nervous. Um, I don't think I'm being too hard on him here. He did have a big drop that hurt him late in the game, but they were already down like 24 to nothing at that point. Philadelphia's playing bubble coverage. Anyway, enough on Washington. That's where I have him at 25. You could make the case, well, a few plays in their 3-0, and but I, every time I've watched this team, they really have not looked good. I've got the Las Vegas Raiders, believe it or not, all the way down at 25. It's hard to argue. They can't block. Only one guy in their defensive line can get pressure, and now they've got a bunch of injuries in their secondary. At some point, you need to start winning some of these games, Josh McDaniels, and you can't just have moral victories. It's been a rough start for the Raiders. They, Derek Carr didn't look good against Tennessee. When he made a good throw to Devontae Adams on the sideline, he couldn't get his toe drag in. The guy that saved them this weekend, the only reason they were in that game, in my opinion, was Hollins. Yeah. Who made some ridiculous, the over-the-shoulder catch that guy made in the sun against Tennessee is the best catch I've seen this year. Yeah, C.D. Lamb's catch was amazing tonight, but the one that Hollins made on that, you know which play I'm talking about on the sideline? Yeah. Uh, really quickly on Hollins, before this week, he had one game in his career with 50 or more receiving yards. That would be 72 yards in 2019, 158 yards against the And Titans he fought for that late touchdown, too. Uh, he, was, mean, he was good. He was, he was so good incredible. that game. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he's number 10 on the Raiders. Uh, there you go. Okay, uh, 24, I don't think you're going to have any problem with this. This was a really hard one for me to rank. The New England Patriots. They played Baltimore tough, but they've got some problems right now. Yeah, now that Mac Jones is going to miss the next four to six weeks, it's tough. It's, this team's not overly talented. You can't lose your quarterback. It's going to be tough for New England. I told you I thought they were a little better than you were giving them credit for, but not without Mac Jones. No. Um, that's where I'm keeping them at 23, a team that hasn't looked that great, but they played really hard for their coach this week. 
Uh, he was sporting the sunglasses and the F-350 diesel pickup truck look. Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans are at 23. Yeah, and we, we predicted this, right? Like, this is a type of Mike Vrabel win, you know, short week against a playoff team from a year ago. And they just dominated the, the Raiders up front. I wouldn't write off the Titans quite yet, despite how bad the roster looks. Simmons is so good, man. Oh, my gosh. He, he's, yeah. he's so... And didn't he I go mean, are there, are, there, are there five linemen in the league better than Simmons? Defensive uh, interior guys? Absolutely not. No way. There's no way. No um, way. He's just – he's fun to watch, and he yeah. hustles too. Um, number 22, a team that we liked a lot in the preseason. We said if you're going to make a preseason bet, this would be a team that we would bet on. This may be too low, man, but they just look like crap right now, and that's the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, and the worst part is they just don't look well coached. Making a lot of mental mistakes and penalties and dumb turnovers. I'm officially worried about the Saints. When we talk about our biggest surprises in the league, when anyone does, they usually keep it positive. This is probably my biggest surprise of the league that the Saints have looked this cruddy uh, through three games. I really thought they were going to be better than this. At 21, the team we saw tonight, the New York Giants, you could say that's high, but the way they're playing for their coach, the the quality of the hire, the way Saquon is uh, playing, and if they had Leonard Williams tonight, I think we might have seen a different ball game. And they're not even getting the the anything from what's I guess widely considered to be or should have been their biggest star offensive player, Kenny Galladay. Yeah, there's 28, 29 teams that are more talented than them, but this is a good spot. They play hard. Um, they make plays when they absolutely need them. The special teams are all pretty good. I agree with this. Yeah, that spot would be 21. That's where I have the Giants. At 20, a team I tell you every week, it's the hardest team for me to rank. I don't think it really ever changes. I've got the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> they look so bad against the, the Rams, even though that was only like what an 11-point game for the most part. Uh, it's, this team should be 0-3, and, and I'm not even sure it's that hot of a take. It's just I don't like this Cardinals team at all this year. And I liked them last year. They, this team just feels so much worse. You know, I, I told you they'd be lucky to go 8-9 this year. I told you that in the preseason. I'm sticking with it. But the reason I have them higher than these other teams, look at the quarterbacks of the teams below them. Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. uh, Jameis Winston. Ryan Tannehill, an injured Mac Jones, a Derek Carr that's playing terrible, Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota, Justin Fields. You know what I'm saying? Like there's an obvious advantage here. Okay, let's go to number 19. Honestly, I would love to put this team lower. I think this is the worst 2-1 and football team in the league outside of the Bears, and I don't even know this team could beat the Bears right now. It's the Broncos. Yikes. That, that offense is painful to watch. Eight three and outs on Sunday night football. The defense is incredible, and, and that's what's saving them right now. But my goodness, that offense is so bad. But even there, I felt like a lot of the errors by the 49ers were unforced errors. Uh, yeah, but they've been night. getting a lot of pressure, and we know their secondary is good. Uh, you're right, though. I mean, the 49ers had a lot of dumb plays in that game, but it, I think the defense is still really good for them. That whole game was dumb. Just, just just the game was dumb. I, I did tell you before the year, I thought the key to this Broncos team was getting something out of Chubb. Mm-hmm. And they have. He's they starting have. to play better. Yep. Yes. So uh, there we go. Uh, number 18, you might disagree with this, but we have so many bad teams in the league right now. <laughs> Marcus said it's really hard. I don't know what to do with the Indianapolis Colts, but it was oh a big gosh. win against it was a big win against Kansas City. They are one, one, and one. And if Leonard and Pittman are healthy, I do think this team is better than what we've seen. I've got them at 18. If you watch that Colts-Chiefs game and you just ignore the score the entire time, like just take the box score off the screen, you think the Colts lost that game by 30 points. That's how poorly they played. They somehow found a way to win it. They're a bad team that's what one one and one right now. I I have no faith in them at all. Okay. I, I realize if you just look kind of like your comment about look at the box score. If I just say Colts and 18th, you're like, no way, dude. They've got but to be the you have to rank people ahead of them, and there's just who am I gonna rank? Am I gonna put the Broncos ahead of them? No. The Broncos no, have no. looked worse than they have, uh, no. or as bad as they have. The Cardinals, no. The Giants, no. The Saints, no. The Titans, no. I can't. There's no team I can put ahead of them. Um, I got it. 
Yep. Fair. Yep. Number 17, uh, maybe we can look at a different angle from this team. I've got the Dallas Cowboys. I think this is where they deserve to be mm-hmm. right now. They got a good road win, but but I, I still think the penalties are really hurting this team. Some of the secondary play, like I said, the back seven, not really tackling. I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy after a big win, and they're dealing with a lot of injuries. And that's the thing for me why I have no problem with the ranking because they are so banged up right now with between Dak and Gallup and Dalton Schultz and J. Ron Kurz and Connor McGovern. Like and Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith. There's a chance by week 10, 11, we move the Cowboys up quite a bit, but they're not beating any real contender in the NFC right now. So no, I think this is about right. I think what would really help this team a great deal, and I realize this is a um, – this is in 1985. This isn't even 2005. So it's not as important as it used to be. But the off-the-ball linebacker play for Dallas has been horrible. Take Micah out of it. Uh, it's just not been good, the linebacker play. And you saw some of it tonight. I think if they could get better play in that middle level of their defense, it would help their safeties out who missed some tackles. That's just my take. Uh, I, know they've, I know they're playing a kid there right now, Marcus. I'm aware of that. It's just... Uh, they did not look good tonight. Um, also had a really dumb penalty from, uh, what's it, Williams tonight? Had a really Sam Williams, bad, yep. Sam Williams, yep. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at 16. I think this is where they are. I mean, I think Pittsburgh literally is the 16th team in the league. I feel like I could keep Pittsburgh here the rest of the year at the power rankings and then just rank the other 31 teams. I think I might have them a little bit lower. They were a missed extra point in a missed 25-yard field goal away from being 0-3 right now. The offense has kind of gotten progressively worse. The defense isn't creating any pressures. I I mean, it's tough. I I think they're in this range. They did play at Cincinnati. They did play at Cleveland on a short week. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so the schedule has not exactly been great for them. And that's important when you have a new quarterback and and some new faces on the offensive line. Um, Najee Harris, he's got to do more than just what's blocked. You know, I think because this is not a team that's going to air it out 45 times a game. They need their running back. And if they are going to air it out that much, how many of those 45 throws are going to be dinks and dunks and little tosses to the back? Um, Boy, they got ran over, though, by Cleveland, the run defense, uh, big time. Okay, number 15, another really difficult team. I might be too low on this team, but I was so trying so hard not to be biased because I have them as a Super Bowl team. I've got the 49ers at 15, self-inflicted wounds Sunday night. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is just not playing well. The offensive line is – Not fun to watch. No, he's not fun to watch, and you – The game against the Broncos is the exact reason why the 49ers gave up three first-round picks to get Trey Lance because they knew the offense is capped with Garoppolo at quarterback. They'll get things together. This is a team who their offensive line usually gels as the season goes on, but they're just not playing all that well right now. So you texted me uh, and told me Jimmy G was your least favorite quarterback to watch. He's not the worst quarterback in the league. It's just my least favorite to watch. Right. I had to laugh because you remember last year I was at a restaurant with my family watching Tennessee and I had to excuse myself from the table to call Marcus. I was so irate that Jimmy G couldn't hit Kyle Juszczyk on a wheel route where he was wide open. Jimmy G could have punted the ball to him and he just sailed it out of bounds. I'm like, my gosh, man, like what is going on with you? And I don't care if you have an injured finger. I've had an injured finger. You can still lob the ball out there. Let your guy fair catch it when he's that open. Okay, I'm done. Number 14, the Cleveland Browns. We talked about their game uh, last week. If you didn't hear our Thursday night podcast, take a listen to that. We really deep dove into that game. Similar to Cooper Rush, though, Jacoby Brissett is giving them exactly what you need from your backup quarterback. Not his fault they lost to the Jets. Pro football focus is number three quarterback on the season. He's not going to stay there. But Brissett's been as good as you could have hoped for. They are, what, a failed onside kick recovery away from being 3-0 and right now. They play Atlanta this week. Uh, we'd like to say we'd like thoughts and prayers to Miles Garrett, who got into a serious car accident today. Hope he returns to the field soon. You bet. You bet. Uh, my number 13 team didn't move from last week. I have the Lions there. I realize they lost. That was a game they were controlling late. They were playing at Minnesota. 
you look at the Lions schedule, you know, they played uh, Philadelphia week one. They could have won that game. They played Minnesota week three. They could have won that game. I, I, I just didn't see any need to move them down. No, it's just it's frustrating because you and I both want the Lions to be good. That's a game that you dominated for the most part. They had to win. And you didn't win. Like, if you want to become an actual contender, you've got to win that game. Let's make it up next week. Just to make sure I wasn't being biased, I'm looking at this ranking because I've been open about it that I'm really pulling for the Lions. I can't put the Browns over them. I can't put the 49ers over them. I can't put the Steelers over them. I can't put Dallas over them. I can't certainly can't put the Colts or the Broncos over them. Absolutely Who am I going to put over Detroit? They're playing better than all these teams right now. And the two teams they lost to, Philadelphia and Minnesota, spoiler alert, are in my top 10. Mm. So there you go. Number 12, uh, maybe I give this team too much credit, but uh, I just didn't move them anywhere from last week. I've got the Cincinnati Bengals right where they were last week at number 12. I thought they played really well against the Jets. I, and I know they had some sloppy parts in that game, but they really dominated from the first couple quarters. I think the Bengals would be fine. I think they've got a big advantage this week playing on a short week against the Dolphins who just played like 150 snaps on defense. I think the Bengals are going to be okay. They were either up 27 to 9 or I think it was 27 to 12 in the fourth quarter, early fourth quarter. They've got a, a I think it was a fourth and short. And, dude, I tell you all the time, like, just run the ball. Just run the stupid ball to your running back. You're probably going to get it. But instead, they get cutesy. They run a wide receiver pitch play, which you don't even like pitch plays. No. String it out to Jamar Chase. And they lose, like, three yards. Like, What are you doing? What are you doing? Okay, there's a little mini rant. Uh, number 11, a team that got the doors blown off of them this week. You want to talk about nothing fluky? If there was one blowout win in the NFL this week that there was literally nothing fluky about it, they got handled, was the Chargers lost to the Jags. I'm being nice to the Chargers, keeping them at 11, and I'm partially keeping them there because we just don't have a lot of good teams right now. Yeah, and I'm really worried about the Chargers now that the bottom is going to fall out. Let, let's just go really quickly through the injuries. They lost Rashawn Slater, their left tackle for the season mm-hmm. due to a bicep tear. They're all pro center. Corey Lindsay out with a knee injury. Uh, J.C. Jackson, uh, he's going to miss the next couple of games after kind of re-aggravating his foot injury. Joey Bosa has a significant groin injury that could keep him out multiple months. This is a team that is very reliant on their stars. They're a very top-heavy roster, and they're starting to lose them all. Um, I'm really worried, Elliot. Yeah, the, the Ravens and the Chargers have been hit the hardest by injuries, I think, over the last five years in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell you what, the J.C. Jackson injury is the one that upsets me because why play him? Why play him it. against Kansas City? Do you have to have that game? Yeah, I get it. Kansas City's in your division. You want that game. But then you risk something like this. I will never understand this. I don't know why coaches coaches do it because every other coach does it. Think for yourself, okay? Think for yourself. Brandon Staley, you did it with fourth downs last year. Quit doing what every other coach does. Sit your guy down. Let him get healthy, then play him later in the year. That kind of stuff makes me so angry. The Slater injury or whatever, that's a different deal. But with J.C. You can't prevent that, right? Yeah, this is a re-aggravation. And he wasn't supposed to play against Kansas City to begin with. So why have him out there? It's just dumb this early in the year. Okay, number 10, the team that beat the Chargers, the Jacksonville Jaguars. You could say, hey, man, how can you possibly have the Jaguars at number 10? I'm telling you, if you watch that game, and that was my primary watch in the afternoon window, the Jaguars look so good, Marcus, for the second week in a row. Jaguars plus 240 to win the division right now. Do you want to get in on that? I would. I would. I, I don't care what the Colts do. I told you a couple of weeks ago after watching week one, I think the Jaguars would win the division at eight and nine. Maybe it'll be nine and eight, but the Jags are winning that division. And I let me just circle back. I know I'm being really hard on the Chargers right now, but I know you know what I'm talking about early in the year where you feel this need to play guys who are hurt. It's one thing to play them in week 16, Marcus. It's when you need to win, three. right? It's a yes. long season. Yes. You're going to need – who Who are you going to be facing in the tournament? You're going to be facing uh, Josh Allen 
and Lamar Jackson and maybe Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, you need your star corner. You didn't sign him to play him hurt and get him more hurt. It just makes me so livid. By the way, Trevor Lawrence looked so good uh, in that game. And you mentioned something cool on James Robinson. We never see running backs come back from Achilles injuries. Never. The history is pretty terrible for those guys. Most of the time, they'd never take another snap in the NFL. Dare I say it, James Robinson looks even a little bit more explosive than he did as a rookie. He looks fantastic. And the combination with him and Travis Etienne, it's a pretty fun backfield right now. There is something to be said about having injuries before you even turn 25. Yes. Uh, I mean, about the recovery of it, although most of that research has been done on knee injuries. Um, there's something to that, I think. Number nine, I've got the Minnesota Vikings. They looked terrible in week two on the road in Philadelphia, but we know how Philadelphia has looked. They beat Green Bay in week one. Now they beat Detroit. I actually, excuse me, might be a little low on Minnesota, given that I have Green Bay higher than them right now. I just don't trust the Vikings yet, Marcus. Is this the right spot? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can trust the Vikings. But yeah, I think this is about the right spot. I I, I think the NFC does not have a lot of contenders. And when you start to go through the teams, it's tough to rank more than four or five teams in the NFC ahead of the Vikings, even despite us not really loving them. So I agree with you. Another team that's tough to decipher right now. They certainly don't look like they did last year. Some of that seems to be the quarterback, but they've got more problems than just that. The Super Bowl champ Rams, they are number seven. They've got some major issues on offense. The offensive line is atrocious. Matt Stafford is just missing guys. Allen Robinson has not meshed well in this offense and just like the chargers they are so reliant on defense on three guys bobby wagner aaron donald and jalen ramsey if any of those three misses any amount of time they're going to be in a lot of trouble this i don't love this team really at all you know i usually leave the hot takes fresh out of the sports oven from you but or for you but i've got one here uh last year every time matt stafford made a play some bonehead had to go on Twitter, a lot of people in our industry, and bash Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about analysts here. I'm not talking about fans. As if the two were traded for each other, like straight up, like the Lions thought Jared Goff gave them a better chance to win. I realized they were traded in a trade where both of them were involved, but this was not a one-for-one kind of deal where right. we think this guy gives us a better chance to win. Jared Goff has outplayed Matt Stafford this year. Goff had an interception on Sunday. It was a desperation heave pick. He's been very good with the football. It was not his fault they lost the game. He is outplaying uh, the Super Bowl champ, Matt Stafford, right now. Number seven, Baltimore Ravens, who continue to get really great play from Lamar Jackson. He certainly hasn't been their issue. Are you in or out on Ravens culture? <laughs> Probably out. <laughs> Me too. Um yeah, Gave up a hit, lot of points still. And it's another game where they lost more guys in the defensive line. I have no idea what to think about the Ravens. I think Lamar is amazing. I think Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends in the league. Other than that, I don't think there's a, I don't know if there's anybody else I can trust on this team, which makes it really hard. And Justin well, Taylor, of course. You know, I like to, you know, there's no ranking is done in a vacuum, right? So you have to look at the teams around them. If we go behind Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, Matt Stafford's not playing well. I still can't trust Kirk Cousins. Uh, Trevor Lawrence just hasn't shown me enough, although he was fantastic against the Chargers. And then when it comes to Justin Herbert with the Chargers at number 11, too many injuries around him. And then that's where we get to Bengals territory. So uh, right now the Ravens are the best team in that division, uh, the AFC North. Uh, number six, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Look, they were playing without Godwin. They were playing uh, without Mike Evans, who was serving a suspension. They brought it down. Their offense didn't do much, but they did bring it to a final drive in the game against Green Bay. And I think when Tampa Bay is fully armed, they're going to be tough. No Julio either. Their defense is outstanding. It might even be better than it was during their Super Bowl run. Um, They're going to be just fine. Yeah, I'm actually surprised at how well their defense has played, given that they lost some guys in the front seven, but they're Their secondary is incredible. Yeah, which used to be the way you attack this team. Can't do that uh, anymore. Nope. No. Uh, number five, I have the Packers who beat the Bucks. We've talked about their wide receiver core not being as strong. 
but they got a gutsy win, and we finally kind of saw the defense. Granted, it was helped by Bucks' absences on offense, but I think a lot of people thought the Packers' defense was going to be a top-five unit in the league this year. This is a good team, but it's not a great team. They're pretty flawed. And I think when they get into some bigger games, and obviously that's a big game, but teams that are like somewhat healthy, they're going to struggle even more. So I, Packers will be fine. They'll probably win 11, 12, 13 games. But this isn't the Packers team of even like last year that's a real threat to, to, to go places. Well, and again, the question with them is, okay, great. So you finish 11 and 6 or whatever it is, 12 and 5. What happens in the divisional round? You know, exactly. is somebody going to come in and manhandle you at the line of scrimmage like the 49ers? Uh, what happens? Um, I just don't think – I can't put Tampa above them right now. They beat Tampa, uh, they just, yeah. They just beat Tampa at their place. I can't put the Rams above them. I can't put the Vikings above them. I can't put the Ravens above them. I just – and I'm look, I love what the Jags did. But I'm not putting the Jags over the Packers uh, right now. Um, number four, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs. It was a little tough for me to move them even this low because I wasn't sure how much of that was an anomaly. I know you, though, or I, I, I should say you have less faith in the Chiefs now than I do, whereas coming into the season, I felt like I was lower on the Chiefs. I didn't even think they'd win the AFC West. So why have you changed your mind on them? Something just feels a little off about this team. It, it seems like it's a really big struggle for them to sustain drives. And, I mean, you can, if you kind of throw away that Cardinals game, which the Cardinals were just atrocious in week one, but they needed a defensive score last week against the Chargers to, to score 27 points. They couldn't get anybody open on third down. Travis Kelsey had a bad drop. I just... Uh, when when they play some of these big games in prime time against good defenses, do you have somebody that you know is going to get open on third and nine? And I kind of think the answer is no right now, Elliot. You know, if you go back to early in Andy Reid's career, I'm talking about 02, 03, 04 Eagles, when Donovan McNabb was playing out of his mind. And McNabb was an MVP-style candidate, could do a lot of things. He was more of a runner than Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. The big complaint with Andy Reid was, you've got Brian Westbrook back there. Why aren't you running the ball more? And he would not run the ball. I really think Kansas City should play a little more conventional offense sometimes. The same complaint you have about Arizona with, are we going to try to win with Kyler Murray schoolyard ball? Sometimes I see that with Kansas City. I, and I like, just don't know if they have – Their disagree. line is, is good. Well, I, I, I agree. The offensive line is good. And I don't disagree with the point. I just don't know if they've got the running back to do it. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not that guy. He's a 5'9", five ne- five 200-pound scat back that does his work in the passing game. Jarek McKinnon has never been that player. No. Do, do you want Ronald Jones to touch the ball 20 times a game? I don't know, but he runs physical, and I don't think Edwards-Hilaire is a bad player. Now, I did make the mistake of bringing up those Eagles. I think Brian Westbrook was an exceptional football player. And that's the difference, right? They, they yeah, just they're certainly not. Like yeah, they certainly are not that guy because that guy was tremendously underrated. Um, by the way, Brian Westbrook came to mind when I was watching Nick Chubb not slide down against the Jets because I remember Westbrook sliding down at the one against the yep. Cowboys at Dallas. Okay, um, really quickly, it's too it's too bad this guy got hurt because I actually think he would make a ton of sense, but. What if David Montgomery was on that Chiefs team and he's the guy that you're running downhill mm-hmm. with? I think mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. And maybe the Chiefs will eventually eventually explore a trade like that. Yeah, interesting. Speaking of Brian Westbrook, the Philadelphia Eagles, his former team, are at number three. You might say this is high, but we really don't have any great teams in the league right now. And they've just progressively gotten better week to week. Week one. The Lions could have beaten them, but the Eagles got the win on the road. Uh, Week one's always an anomaly. Week two, they play Minnesota. They dominate Minnesota. They didn't completely put them away, but they were in control that whole football game. And then they dominated the Commanders this week. Any issue with Philly being at number three? I just thought you put them at number one. I've been hearing all the last couple weeks how the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl this year. They're the best team. Come on, man. They look pretty good. No, they're, I mean, that roster is incredible. And more importantly, 
Jalen Hurts has made the leap. I don't know if he's a top 10 quarterback yet or anything like that, but he's certainly not low teens like he was last year. The Eagles are scary. Most impressive play I saw in that game. Uh, Carson Wentz got loose. They were down, again, 24 nothing. He's scrambling for the goal line. He's got pretty much – it looks like he's going to score, and Fletcher Cox – catches up with him at the two-yard line. Fletcher Cox had the angle. Fletcher Cox is a 30-something-year-old defensive tackle. Mm -hmm. Uh, I loved seeing that. He's been a great player. Uh, Eagles playing hard for Nick Sirianni, and uh, they seem to believe in Jalen Hurts. And uh, I think getting A.J. Brown was uh, a heck of a move for that football team, for sure, to go with Devontae Smith. Uh, Let's go to number two. We've got the Miami Dolphins. I didn't put the Dolphins at number one. We should probably do a two for here because that yeah, means the Bills are number one. Yeah. I, I just I know the Dolphins just beat them, but that was a road game in Miami that Buffalo clearly had a chance there at the end of the game. Got a bad throw from Josh Allen, and coming off of of that Monday night game against Tennessee where it was like a block party in Buffalo, coming off an emotional win in Week One where they go out and beat the Rams on kickoff night. I just think if this game were in Buffalo, it would have been a different story. I wasn't going to drop the Bills unless I thought the Dolphins handled them. Yeah, we got to remember, Buffalo was out without both their safeties, uh, both their starting cornerbacks. They lost one of their starting cornerbacks in this game, uh, Christian Benford, with a fractured hand. Um, And they dominated this game. They just didn't win, uh, which is unfortunate. So I've got no problem with it. But to me, I think that, Three best teams in football right now are the Buffalo Dolphins, Eagles. If you want to put one of those at three and the other one at one, or however you decide to stack it, that's fine with me. I think those are our three best teams in the league right now. Well, what the Dolphins are doing really well right now is two is making the plays that he needs to make. He may not wow you sometimes, but he has made some throws when he needs to make them. Tyreek Hill clearly seemed to be a good acquisition for them. I think people are catching on to what a good player Jalen Waddle is. I'm talking about people that don't play in the fantasy sphere that just don't watch Miami mm-hmm. that often. Uh, the defense is capable of rising to the occasion and making some plays, but they did get bailed out by ineffective uh, Buffalo offensive play in this game. As I said, Josh Allen missed a throw there right at the end, kind of skipped it to his receiver. Um, would you, the one thing that I really debated I didn't really debate Buffalo at number one, but Philadelphia and Miami is a tough, tough call. I, I think I would have put Philly ahead of Miami. I'm thinking on a neutral field, these two teams would go five and five against each other if they played 10 times. They don't so, play each other, do they, this year? No. No, because the Eagles – well, wait a minute. No, because uh, the Eagles finished second place the, in the East last year. The Eagles will and, play the Steelers. Oh, that's their uh, same same place – finisher so right and they play the afc south which is what the the right that's a bummer so that's a bummer i wanted those two teams to play don't doesn't the nfc east play that yeah nfc east plays afc south this year so the eagles will be playing that really tough division like the you know they're going to play the colts and the texans (laughs) you look at the Eagles' schedule like they have a few tough games coming up like home against the Packers at Dallas. <laughs> and that's basically it. Like there's, I mean, I would be shocked at this point, Elliot, if they're not 13 and four, it's truly, yeah, I, I was going to say they'll shocked. go at least 12 and five. It yeah. sure seems that way. So uh, that is our power rankings. Uh, look, there's a plenty of teams that you can debate me here on, but if some of these teams like the Jags and the lions sound too high, to you guys out there, let me just tell you, try to move a team above them because we just don't have very many good teams in the league right now. And that's why I was pointing out all these teams that were below them. How do you put these teams higher than the Lions or higher than the Jags? Um, it's it's shocking. And not only that, hey, maybe this is a year those teams uh, turn it around. But with that, I give you the final thought for tonight. Um, you are a little bit into NFL history. Do you know a, a quarterback by the name of Virgil Carter? Of course, Cincinnati Bengals uh, played there in the early 70s. Uh, I mean, do you want me to keep going? I'll yeah, keep go going. ahead, please. Yeah. Bill Walsh 
developed the West Coast offense, which you've heard about the West Coast offense and all its disciples and how it affects the passing game today. He developed it because their their top guy in 1969, Greg Cook, got hurt. Hurt his shoulder, couldn't throw the ball. And so 1970, the Bengals had to play this guy, Virgil Carter, who was considered a noodle arm. And so Bill Walsh, who already had some ideas about the short passing game, said, okay, I'm going to play to Virgil Carter's strengths because he can throw the ball pretty accurately. He doesn't have a cannon, but I trust him to put the ball where it needs to be. And the Bengals went eight and six, made the playoffs with Virgil Carter, and uh, he ultimately got replaced by Ken Anderson, which there's no shame in that. Ken Anderson's been talked about for the Hall of Fame. Uh, But why are we talking about Virgil Carter? Yeah, I bet you it has something to do with Cooper Rush. The only quarterbacks in NFL history to have their first three games uh, all have game-winning drives, game, you know, come from behind wins. Mm-hmm. Cooper Rush and none other than Virgil Carter. Now, I, you know, this is probably an indication of my social life, the fact that I watch too much Star Trek, whatever you want. But how many people do you think you could have asked about Virgil Carter's career? Nobody. <laughs> I mean, that's why Carter is. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, that is. That's going deep. I mean, we're talking about literally 52 years ago, but it is pretty interesting that Bill Walsh developed an offense partially because of him. A noodle arm backup quarterback. This is fantastic. Who does that sound like? That led to five Super Bowl titles. Titles for the 49ers. Four with Montana. One with Young. Uh, Mike Holmgren won the Super Bowl with Brett Favre in the West Coast offense with the Packers. Uh, just unbelievable. But, um, yeah, should we pull a football card? No, we're good. We already we were long. We just talked about Virgil Carter. That Pretend, pretend we just pulled a Virgil Carter card. <laughs> well, if we would have pulled one, you would have said he looked like he was 55. Probably. Card, he would have been like a 24-year-old starter. Okay. So we're going to do some picks on Wednesday. We'll pull a card. I think we'll pull a card at the top of that podcast yeah, just for it. fun. And, uh, hey, big win tonight for the Cowboys. Uh, entertaining game, kind of. Uh, at least it was played at a highlight. It was a lot better than Broncos 49ers. That's oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway, we will talk to you guys on Wednesday. We'll also be live with Brinks and YouTube if you want to watch us on video. Uh, as for Marcus, he is at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. He hosts Locked on Cowboys with Landon McCool, who's a big advocate proponent of our work. And uh, also covers the Raiders for USA Today. Give Landon a follow and uh, them a listen on Locked on Cowboys. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. And uh, listen, we really appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you all on Wednesday. Take care, everybody.